So, today we are looking at the ascension of Jesus. So just a small topic today then. I think it will be about a couple of hours maybe. No, no, not really. It's huge. This topic is huge. And there are so many implications to uh, the ascension of Jesus. So I can't possibly cover all of that today. But um, we're going to look at a few things today. And um, we're going to be looking in the beginning of Acts. So if you want to find Acts, if you've got your Bible with you, it would be great to find that. If you've got your phone, pull it out, have a look. And while you do that, I want us to think about this word, ascension. Now, ascension probably isn't a word that we hear that much in modern conversation. I can't say that I... Uh, climb up the stairs and say darling I'm ascending to the bathroom I can't say I do that very often Um, and if you ask Alexa she will probably give you an answer if you ask Alexa what does it what does the word ascension mean she'll probably say things like the act of going in an upward direction or upward movement and that doesn't really cover it It doesn't really hit the mark. But luckily for us, last weekend, the timing of this is so great, last weekend we had the Queen's Jubilee. And what were we celebrating? We were celebrating the time when she ascended to her her throne. Um, And when I looked that up, it said, uh, it didn't didn't even use the word ascended, it used the word uh, moved up to her throne. She had to climb some stairs to get onto that throne. So it is the whole moving up thing, but it's also about, this word is about a throne. It's about a reign and it's about a kingdom. And that's what we're thinking about when we speak about the ascension of Jesus. Yes, he went up, but he also went to a throne. And uh, this morning's worship was so great because there were so many... I sat down a couple of times and was like, oh yeah, this song, this song. It was, it was so good, the way we could sing about those truths this morning. So um, where does the ascension of Jesus sit in the events of Jesus' time on earth? So I don't want to assume that everyone knows, so I'm just going to go through it. So if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels, you're going to find... Um, all of the events leading up to the ascension. So you're going to read about the birth of Jesus. We're going to read about Emmanuel, God with us, how he was fully God, he was fully man, he was born in a stable. And it's the story, it's the things we celebrate at Christmas. And then you will read that Jesus grew up, he lived a perfect life, he performed miracles, he showed love, acceptance to people, he... You'll read how he suffered. You'll read how he suffered at the hands of man, how he was arrested, how he was falsely accused and he was tried and found guilty and he was sentenced to death on the cross. And when he died, you will read how he was paying the price for sin, for our sin. And at Easter, we, on Good Friday, we remember that in death he bore that cost that should have been ours. And we remember on the Sunday that on the third day he rose again. And um, in doing so, he defeated death so that we could have eternal life. And after he rose again, he appeared to his disciples. He walked, he talked with them, he even ate some fish with them. And he, and he taught them about what was happening. And after 40 days, that's when he ascended to heaven. So you've got the picture of where it fits And Acts takes up the narrative. It takes up the story about the ascension. So today, 
I kind of want us to walk through it together. And I want us to pause at different places in the passage. And um, I want us to look at some of the details. I want us to ask some questions, find some answers, and see what God might be saying to us through them. So we're in Acts 1, and it's verse 6 through to 14. But I'm just going to read a shorter bit of that. So Acts 1, it says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Um, This is the disciples and Jesus, they were together. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you, upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And then it talks about how they returned to Jerusalem and they went to the upper room where they were staying, and it tells us who was there. And it says that they, in one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers and sisters. Sisters is a footnote, but I like that. It's nice. It's nice to think of all the people who must have been up there. It must have been quite packed. So when I was given this topic, I had some questions. I usually have a question when I get given a topic, and that is... Why me? (laughs) This is really hard. But then I get over myself and I ask questions about the passage. And my first question that I had about this passage was, what did Jesus say about the ascension? And what impact did it have on the disciples? Because Jesus was there when the plan was made. The Bible tells us that he was there at the beginning. And so he was there. He knew the plan. So what did he say about it? What did he tell the disciples about it? And we can find a bit of that out in in John, in John 13, verse 33. If you're writing notes, maybe jot it down and have a look at it later. And it says this. So Jesus and disciples are having a conversation in John 13, verse 33. and And he says this, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then he tells them, he gives them a new commandment. He says, love one another as I've loved you. You're to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And then Simon Peter asks the question. He says, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> it's a good question. And Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. And Peter says, but Lord, why can I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus said, will you lay down your life for me? And then that's when he challenges him about that he says Simon Peter's going to deny him three times. This is before Jesus is is, um, arrested. And then Jesus says, 
Let not your hearts be troubled. Troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And where I am, you will, may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then this is where Thomas says, but we don't know where you're going. And uh, Anil spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. So go back and listen to that. This is the, how it all fits together. It all, all of these conversations, you know, sometimes we just forget that they happened um, sort of one after the other and how it, how it happened. And then uh, Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So then in that part of John, it carries on, John 14 and 15, Jesus carries on teaching the disciples. And you just wonder, how are they taking this? How, I mean, when we look at it in small sections, it's quite intense, isn't it, to think about some of these truths. But how are they experiencing it? Sitting there, listening to all of these amazing truths. They didn't know what was coming. We read it and we can skip ahead. We can... Over, you know, we can give an overview of the story of Jesus and we know what, what was coming. But they didn't. They didn't know. So how were they receiving this stuff? How, how were they taking it? So then he carries on, John 14, John 15. And then in John 16, it says this. Jesus says this to them. But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Look at their reaction. This is how they were taking it. They were feeling sorrow. They were overwhelmed. Let's just hold that for a minute. Just park that. I like to say that. Just park that there. We'll park sorrow on the chair over there. Okay. So now, going back to Acts. Acts is part of a two-volume work written by Luke, one of the disciples. And the first volume is the Gospel of Luke. And then it's like he finishes that leading into the beginning of Acts. So let's go back to Luke and let's see what Luke has to say about what was happening. So Luke, if you want to turn with me, Luke uh, 24. And we're right at the end, verse 50. And it says this, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus led the disciples, he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up to heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Well, that's a bit confusing, isn't it? Because just now they were full of sorrow when he was teaching them. And now um, he's ascended and they're full of joy. So um, that made me ask another question. What was it that made the difference? What was it? What happened that meant that their sorrow about this turned to joy? Well, I think what happened was that they understood Because it talks about how Jesus was teaching them. And I think that they saw it. I think the significance of Jesus leaving them, Jesus ascending, they somehow, they got hold of the truth that Jesus 
was king. And actually this was his coronation moment. This was the moment when he, having won the battle, having defeated death, was going to rise and take his place at the right hand of the father, on his throne, seated. And he was going to begin interceding for us. And actually, that's why... That's why this is so important. That's why the ascension is so important. Because, you know, it talks about how he was hidden from view with the cloud. But it wasn't space travel. It wasn't, you know, I really want to sing that song, Space Man. It wasn't that. It wasn't going up and just going up into the clouds. No. He went to the heavenly realm. He was, it was there that he was given his rule and reign. And that is where he is right now, ruling and reigning. Can I get an Amen. amen. Yes. It is. That's what's happening right now. That's why the ascension is so important. It's like, I've read that it's described like a hinge where it turns things from what Jesus was doing on earth to what he's doing now. And what he's doing now is so important for us. It's so important. He's interceding right now. He's speaking to the Father about us right now. How amazing is that? How incredible is that? He's ruling right now. He's reigning in victory right now. And I think the disciples got hold of that. I think they got hold of the fact that it wasn't that they were losing Jesus as much as actually it was going to increase the presence of Jesus because he was teaching them about that they were in him and he was in them. You know, we sang this song, abide, abide within me as I abide in you. That's what they were getting hold of, that Jesus, Jesus was in them. Jesus is in us. It's the same for us now. When we give our lives to Jesus, he dwells in us. Romans 8 verse 10 says, Christ is in you. And this is true for us, just like it was true for them. We're in Christ. We're alive in him. And therefore, we are ascended with him. We are seated in heavenly places. In Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6, it talks about how we are ascended with him. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're caught up. In this incredible truth that Jesus, that Christ dwells in us. And so then we carry the kingdom everywhere we go. And I think this is what the disciples were getting their heads around. I think this is what was beginning to make sense. Jesus had completed his work. He'd put humanity back in the presence of God. I mean, wow. He, just just soak that in a minute. If he hadn't have done all that he did, including ascending, what would our lives look like? Would we even be here? What would they look like? That's our reality. It's incredible that he's put us in, back in the presence of God. And, and actually, that has to be revealed it has to be revealed. And that's where this thing about witnesses come in, comes in. You can't keep something like that quiet, can you? 
could you? Could you keep it quiet? I know that I'm a bit expressive and I get a bit excitable. And so therefore, I definitely could not keep this quiet. I cannot keep this quiet. What about you? Do you feel it? Do you sense the power? Do you sense the amazing truth that this is? Jesus has ascended. We are with him. He is in us. We carry the kingdom. We carry a kingdom. So that means that when I go into work tomorrow and I walk into my office and I uh, come out and I, I clean the kettle and clean the sink, which is what I do every single day. Not one person notices or cares that I do it, but every day they have a shiny sink and a nice fresh water in their kettle. And I do that because I want to love them. And I do that because I'm carrying a kingdom. It's nothing. It doesn't make any difference, really, but I, maybe it does but I carry a kingdom, which means that I want to love them. It means that I want to show them that Jesus loves them. Because I can't keep this a secret. Can you? Can you keep it a secret? Could you? So this thing about witnesses, here was my question. I got to this bit and I was like, okay, amazing. But why did Jesus want the disciples to see him ascend? What was that about? He could have just ascended. One day he could have been there and, then, and told them he was going to go, right, I'm going tomorrow, I'm going. 3.30, I'm going. And they'd have been like, okay, bye. I mean, it wouldn't have been like that, but you know. He could have just gone. He could have, you know, in a blink of an eye, just gone. Why did he want them to see? Why did he want them to have that sight? Why are we reading about it now? There are no minor details in scripture. Everything is significant. We just don't always see it straight away. And sometimes it can take years. Sometimes it can be that we read something 50 times over 70 years. (laughs) And on that 51st time... There it is. There's the light. There's the word coming alive. It was significant that the disciples saw him ascend. Let's look again at Acts 1. So if you've got a pen and you're feeling like rebellious and you want to write in your Bible, um, I want to encourage you to underline a couple of things. Let's go to verse 6. Um, in Acts 1, where it says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? I want you to underline the words, will you? And then I want you to go to verse 8. And twice in verse 8, you're going to see the words, you will. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will. The disciples asked Jesus, will you? And his answer is, you will. You will. The disciples say, what's the plan, basically? They're saying, what's the plan? Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? 
they're still thinking about an earthly rule. They're still thinking. They, you know, they just took time, didn't they, to, to understand sometimes. Which is good, because so do we. <laughs> and that's okay. And Jesus basically said to them, guys, that's the wrong question. It's not for you to know what the Father has in mind. And he takes their will you and he makes them the answer. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. And then, right then, that's when he ascends. With those words still ringing in their ears. They're staring up as he's hidden in the cloud. I mean, how long would you look? How long would you look? Give me some, like, 10 seconds? 20? How long would you look? Give me some numbers. Anil, how long would you look? Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> Is this, like, like, how long would you look, look Raphael? One or two hours. One or two hours. You'd really want to look, wouldn't you? Amazing. Anyone else? How long would you look, Paul? Five minutes. Five minutes is popular. So we'd look for about five minutes, between five minutes and two hours. And then these angels come along and they gently prod them and they say, guys, why are you staring into heaven? This Jesus, this same Jesus, this same Jesus, that's important. The Jesus that you've just walked with, the one that's eaten with you, the one that's been teaching you, this same Jesus will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And Jesus had said this to them. He taught them this back in some of the other, um, the other Gospels that we've been looking at. He'd said stuff like this to them. This would have been familiar. Maybe that's what woke them up from looking up. And it made them realise that now they were the answer. They were the, it, was their, um, it, it was their job to return to Jerusalem. And they had, get, had been given the instruction to wait. Wait, wait for the Holy Spirit. Everything he'd said had just happened, so they knew it was going to come. What changed their sorrow into joy was that they got it. They saw that Jesus was ascended and they understood that Jesus is a real king and that changed everything. They knew the gospel was all about him and in that moment they became his witnesses his representatives on earth. And then we follow them to the upper room and they receive the Holy Spirit, which empowered them to live out the reality that Jesus was and is ruling and reigning in victory. And what's really exciting is next week, Jonathan is going to be preaching on the Holy Spirit, right? It just, we're walking, we're walking with them, aren't we? We've got to wait a week. Actually, we don't. We can just ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us now, right now. But they they made that journey. It was a day's journey. And they went to the upper room. And they prayed and they waited. And the Holy Spirit came. Jesus made them the promise that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And that they would be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And as you continue to read through Acts, which I'd really recommend you do, we, you can see you can see that they're carrying power and, and the authority of Jesus. You can see them loving one another. You can see them helping and encouraging one another, sharing faith. 
You can see them explode onto the scene and change, just change everything around them. And it's not them. It's Christ in them. It's the Holy Spirit in them. But they were the witnesses. They were the witnesses. They went in the knowledge and zeal that King Jesus was ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father. They approached suffering in hope and they approached uh, times of faith in the knowledge that Jesus was preparing a place for them and knowing that he'd gone before them in all things. He went before them. But what does that mean for us today? What does that mean right now in Hatfield, in this upper room? What does it mean? Well, Jesus says the same promise over us. We've died with Christ and we're now raised with Christ. Our lives are risen with Christ on high. The Holy Spirit is there for us to empower us. And the church, this church, is to be Christ's witnesses. We are caught up in that call. Jesus has gone before us in every way possible. We, we say to him, our question to him might be, Jesus, will you build your church? Will you restore your kingdom in our midst? We look out into the world and it's so hard, it's so tough, it's so painful to see the headlines. Will you come? Will you do it? And he says to us, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. It's the same thing. We ask him the question, will you? And he says, you will. He says, you will. But we need to ask God to give us this view of Jesus ascended in majesty. We need to have this, this picture in our minds, this incredible like connection with the fact that he's seated on, at the right hand of the Father, that he's in victory, ruling and reigning in every circumstance. It's not just a nice thought <laughs> or a helpful image or a picture that we draw. It's the truth and it's a powerful truth. It's reality right now as we're sitting and standing right now. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's amazing. We carry a kingdom of power and if we can lift our eyes and see the greatness of our king and how secure his victory is, it's going to fuel us to be his witnesses. Jesus made a way and because he goes before us, we don't have to get sucked into the idea that we're just doing works for Jesus. It's not that he's gone so we just carry on. It's that he's at work. We're called to love him, to be obedient to his voice. And he te- when he tells us to be his representative in the room, so tomorrow when I go to work and I'm sitting in the room and I'm listening to a student, Jesus, and Jesus says, be my representative in this room right now, in this meeting right now. Or at this shop counter, be my representative. If we hear that voice, we partner with what he's doing because he's gone before us in every situation. We need to hear him say, be my representative. Be my witness right now in this, with this conversation. Be my witness right now. 
Can you think of situations? Are you thinking of situations? Just give me a wave if you're thinking. I just want to make sure that you're, you're getting this. That's the incredible thing about the fact that he's ruling and reigning. How am I doing for time? Okay, we're, we're nearly there. It's like, um, it's like the song that we were singing this morning. The world will see that. Our God reigns. There is hope in his name. Morning turns to songs of praise. Our God saves. The world is going to see that he saves when we are his witnesses. And just as we um, come to an end, I, wanna, I want us to think about I want us to think about a couple of things. I want us to hold in our hearts and minds the truth that Jesus' ascension means that he is king right now. That this is something that is right now. This is relevant to every moment of our lives. And he wants us to be his witnesses and understand the power of what we're carrying here on earth. And he wants us to have that in the knowledge that He has gone before us in all things. And you might say, that's not me. That's not me. I'm too weak. My life doesn't measure up. Like, I don't live it. I don't, I struggle. But actually, I'm going to say to you, no. Because it's precisely your weakness that qualifies you. Because the disciples were imperfect. They were slow to realise They were slow to see, they were slow to understand, but Jesus was not afraid to make them his witnesses. He wasn't afraid to delegate this task to them because it's not about eloquence. It's not about like having exactly the right thing to say in exactly the right moment. It's about the truth. It's about the truth that you're living and it's about the fact that the truth frees The truth sets people free. The truth liberates people. That's what it was like with Jesus. He he took truth to them and he, he spoke to them and he liberated people, didn't he? He liberated us. He freed us. So if that's you, I wanna I wanna encourage you to think about how God sees you. Think about how Jesus sees you. I just want to ask the band to come up, please, the, the band. I want to ask Paul and Lizzie to come up with the excellent band. Thank you, guys. So think about these disciples staring into the sky. They um, were a bit distracted for a moment, weren't they? And they were looking at some things. Um, They were looking at some things that they wanted from God. But he was saying, be my witnesses. In faith, be my witnesses. Share the goodness of God and the truth that liberates. Um, When I was preparing for this, I really struggled with distraction. I don't normally struggle with distraction when I'm doing this kind of thing. It's actually hard to get me to come away from it. Food's not great when I'm preparing for a... um, for a preach, and he will testify. I forget. I forget what time it is. I forget that I have responsibilities, and um, and I just soak in it. And you can't get me away from it. But in this, I really struggled. I really, really struggled. I got really distracted. 
And last night I was saying to God, what was this about? Why did I get so distracted? Like, what was this about? And he reminded me about this moment when the disciples were looking up. And they had to be kind of prodded to kind of come out of it and, and go and do what they'd been asked to do. Because it was time. And, um, and so I just felt like, I'm taking a bit of a risk here, because it might just be that you come out of today and you just go, oh, well, Emma was really distracted. But I feel like God was speaking to me about just struggling with distraction generally to do with focusing in on, on God, to do with focusing in on what he's saying, listening to his voice. And if there's anyone who's been struggling with distraction in those areas, I just really want to encourage you to come and when we sing this next song, just come over quietly, come and see me. I'd really like to pray for you. Because I think I think God wants to refine our our vision. I think he wants to to break through in this area so that we can really focus on him, so that we can live in, with our hearts and minds focused on him and fully present and, and hearing what he's doing and, and where he's leading us. And then lastly, just as we sing, let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us because that was the next thing that would happen. We don't have to wait till next week. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we can go out and be his witnesses today when we leave, when we go and meet in Asda, when we go and do the things that we're doing. Let's ask him to fill us so that we can be his witnesses.